It's time for the Full Out Cheer Podcast, brought to you by Dream Camps. Discussing all things cheerleading with some of the best industry influencers in the world. Welcome, welcome. This is Dan Cotton, and you are listening to the Full Out Cheer Podcast. I've been lucky enough to work with some of the best in the cheerleading industry over my years owning and operating Dream Camps. I realized I learned so much just sitting and listening to my staff talk that I wanted to share that experience with the rest of the cheerleading world. So I set out to sit down with my staff and do that. Just talk. So without further delay, let's get to it. And we're live. We are. Um, well, thanks. I'll turn it over to you. It's your page, even though it shows me as the one posting. And yeah. I'll, let, I'll let you start us off. Uh, and tell your parents who hopefully will be hopping on here shortly uh, what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. All right. You know, should we wait a couple minutes? Should we wait a minute before we start we, going? We can wait. Yeah, I can tell you when we start having some viewers. Currently, we have okay. a big, a big goose egg. We're hitting goose egg. We're hitting zero <laughs> right now, which is not what we want. No, we want. You know, it's Friday night in Bakersfield, so everyone's you know getting down. Well, it's it's nine o'clock, or there's nine viewers now, so they're up oh, fifteen. Oh, so they're they're jumping on. They're there uh, some of them probably did the like accidental. Ex- oh, look at that! And now they're like, ooh, what? But uh, the important ones are here, is what one of your parents is saying. There we go. The, the ones that love their kids. <laughs> exactly, which should be all of them. Right. All right. So we yeah we got twenty two people on. So whenever you want to go, we'll we'll get started. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get started. All right, guys. So all right, thanks for joining. It's kind of weird because I since I don't see the Facebook post, it's really I don't know which parents are on. I'm just staring at you. It's actually a lot different than than normal. So, but no, we'll um we'll get started. So we are live. We have Dan Cotton as I guys emailed you guys out earlier. Uh, Dan Cotton owns Oregon Dream Team also a police officer and we got hooked up we've known each other for years you know talked in passing you know how things happen in the industry but um we got hooked up not too long ago and a mutual friend was like hey you guys have got to get together and i'm like well what what is he gonna you know what are we gonna talk about it's like you guys just gotta get together. he's a good guy you guys gotta get together so she gave me her contact info i reached out and you know we're trying to figure out why she was trying to connect us and you know, you tell me you have this passion for, you know, just helping the athletes and trying to keep coaches safe and athletes safe and just the booby traps that are that there are in our industry. And so, you know, after an hour long of talking to you, I was like, I have got to get you on with our parents and you've got to be sharing this information. Like this is the type of stuff our, our parents need to know because, um, you know, I, I know when I go online and, you know, whether it's TikTok or Instagram or, or something. And sometimes I feel really old fashioned, but I go, man, I, I don't know if she should be posting that right now. Or like, I don't know if she knows what that mean, like that song lyric means or, and all these different things. I just felt like this would be a perfect opportunity for you to come on here and just kind of talk about the things that we talked about previously. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it was fun. Uh, I, I may have had a little bit more knowledge uh, when we talked to our, our mutual friend. She was like, you got to get on his show and talk about athlete safety because she knows how passionate yeah. I am about it. And uh, I've spoken at USASF conference and some other things trying to educate gym owners, but uh, it's really hard to get the message out. Um, and it's something that every time people start talking about it, they're like, thank you. Like I've been, 
you know, wondering what I should be worried about and it can feel kind of scary and unknown. So super excited to be here. Um, I'm sure all of you who are watching would be shocked to know that when we got on the phone, we talked for like an hour and a half the first time. Um, <laughs> I, Jason can't talk as you all know. Um, and I also struggle with that, uh, big time. Uh, hence why I have this whole recording studio set up in my, uh, right, house. Exactly. So yeah, uh, I really excited to be sitting down with you guys. I, I do own a cheer gym. Uh, I've been in the cheer industry. I, I did all-star cheer when I was in high school. Um, it wasn't very good back then. Uh, actually the owner of OC all-stars, uh, John Neville was my yeah, yeah. high school coach and he I did not know that. started the first all-star program or the second all-star program in Oregon. And I was on it and we were horrible. Um, we practiced out of a little church, but I've, so I've been in, in this industry for a long time. And, um, after college, I really wanted to move into law enforcement. And so that was just kind of my, my dead set focused. I, I joined the army, uh, did the army national guard and also was, uh, got hired as a police officer in my hometown of Beaverton, Oregon. And I've been a police officer now for 14 years. Uh, and I, uh, one of the, the coolest times in my career, uh, which I'm currently now a training officer. So I teach full time. Um, yep. but one of the uh, coolest times of my career was working as a school resource officer, uh, where I was working directly in the schools and I was working with kids every single day, um, which not to get like heavy with it, but involved a lot of pretty serious investigations where kids were victims of crimes. And at least 80 to 90% of the time it started or at some point evolved to being some sort of digital, uh, involve the digital world, uh, the internet apps, things like that. And so I spent a lot of time learning about all the risks that are out there. And if I can help some parents and even help some athletes and or coaches learn some of the pitfalls and things to avoid, uh, that's what I want to do. Cause it, even just one person making a better decision is, is a win. Yeah, for sure. All right. So where should we, I mean, honestly, where should we start? You know, I'm a, as you know, I'm a new dad. Joey just turned nine yes. months, uh, literally yesterday. So where do we start? Like what, what don't we know? Like, uh, we don't know so much. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think the, the biggest challenge and the challenge I encounter a lot with parents is uh, the, the first thing you can do is if you have a young child and you haven't given them a phone yet or uh, their own digital device, don't um, wait, give it time. Um, it's just such a it's such a serious thing. And one of one of the conversations that frequently is had with parents and when I present is they say, well, I give my kids a phone for safety. And the reality is, is most of us here with kids. Uh, now we we're all still here and we didn't have cell phones, so we made it now. That's not to say that phones can't be helpful and they can't increase, uh, communication and those things. There's, there's a lot of validity to that, but if you haven't given your kids a phone yet, listen to this class and, or the, the stuff that we're going to be talking about, it's not really a class and find ways to educate your kids on how to use phones. That's really the biggest thing is, is technology, you know, we're now getting to an age where you and I both grew up with the internet. Uh, mm -hmm. Now, granted, it was the doo -doo 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 <laughs> right. And you had to wait 19 hours for something to download. But we've grown up knowing this world, whereas our parents, they were 
clueless. I mean, they, they were. Yeah, for sure. But the reality is, is technology is advancing faster than we can keep up with it. And mm-hmm. uh, so it creates some challenges. But the the biggest thing to know right off the bat is that it's it can be scary, but the wor- it's not all doom and gloom. There's a lot of great things that come from technology. Um, and the key is to learn how to educate our kids how to use it responsibly, right? Mm-hmm. This device right here, this thing changed the world. And um, when you give your kids this, I oftentimes will equate it to, you wouldn't give your kids a handgun and say, here you go, Merry Christmas. Uh, I want you to be safe. Here's some bullets. Here's a gun. Go forth. Be safe. Mm-hmm, yeah. Right. You never do that. And while that may seem like a ludicrous um, correlation, it's really fairly accurate. You can commit in Oregon about 13 felonies with this thing, and this is all you need. Um, that's a pretty big deal. I mean, you can change yeah, your life uh, by using this device wrong. So. I think where to start is some of the things to let we can start with kind of the heavier stuff of like what are some of the things to be aware of and concerned about and then um kind of advance from there and yeah we'll branch off from there that sounds good and yeah uh, i see some comments uh jason's not able to see them all but you're welcome uh someone thanked me for my service you're very welcome it's uh, my honor so yeah um any, do you have any questions that are coming up uh, at the start before I just kind of launch into some things? No, um, no, I think, you know, you take it over. We'll go. I'll interrupt. Okay. Um, well, let's start with um, talking about the most common thing that people uh, hear about, which is the concept of, of sexting, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's the, the big uh trigger word for a lot of parents is they don't want their kids engaged in sexting and there are some significant risks involved there. And if you're an athlete and you're listening, um, understanding some of the risks that exist with sexting are important. So I'm going to share my screen really quick. So um, real quick, let me ask yeah. you a quick question. Cause I feel like there's a parent of a, I don't know, an eight year old yep. who has a cell phone and goes, Oh, my kid's not involved in sexting. So how, how young do you actually see that start? Um, so we would anticipate seeing it start around the high school ages, mm-hmm. um, maybe late middle school to early high school. Um, I, I, but I've seen it as young as 11. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. now that typically when we're talking about something like that, that is what we would consider a non-normative behavior. Uh, meaning mm-hmm. it's not, it's not what we would expect of a child that age. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that, that would lead us to be worried about potentially other things going on, um, other yep. exposures or other abuse. Those would be warning signs to that. Um, because our, our prepubescent kids typically are not overly sexualized and they're not really mm-hmm. interested yeah. in that. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, during puberty and post puberty is when we see yep. it be the most interested or yeah. most occurrences. Yeah, yeah. So seventh, eighth grade, and then definitely like high schoolers. Definitely, definitely in the high school realm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so, and you were kind of you kind of streamed into it, which is great. Um, so just talking about sexting, I'll share my screen really quick so you guys can kind of see. Um, oops, wrong one. You don't need to see my notes. Let's fix that. 
Oh, actually, I have to go to the screen share. Well, let's get this adjusted for you so you're seeing the right window. There we go. I'm trying to be all technologically savvy, and sometimes it doesn't work out. Um, <laughs> here we are talking about uh, tech. So <clears throat> this is related to Oregon uh, statutes, but there are very similar California statutes. So this, some of this is just legal jargon, um, and that's so parents and athletes understand some of the seriousness of where this stuff can go. Um, so sexting is the act of sending an image or video or text message uh, in a sexually explicit nature. So it could simply be um, words. It doesn't necessarily have to be a picture or a video. That's what we typically think of when we think of sexting, um, but that's not the only way it takes shape. Um, now, one of the things that we think of as parents is we we go, we, we want to stress the concept of these these images don't go away, you guys. They're, they're there forever. If you send it, they're there forever. Um, and studies have shown that kids who are engaging in this behavior, they know and they just, it's not resonating enough with them to get them to uh, abstain from that. Mm -hmm. And that's actually changed. So when I first started in the schools, kids didn't really know that, or that was when Snapchat became, was a new app. Now kids all know that Snapchat is really not that secret, you know, that mm -hmm. there are all sorts of ways to, to save snaps, to, um, mm -hmm to do that kind of stuff. And so they, they know those gimmicks just as well as adults do, um, if not better. So they, they know that those images don't go away. So that's generally not necessarily a huge deterrent. That doesn't mean we don't talk to them about it, right? We want that to be something they think about, but um, the images not going away is where we see this become really problematic for kids on, on both ends mm -hmm. of the spectrum um, because then they start getting shared and, and going around. So it's, it is a, a huge problem when these images are out there. They're very hard to get back. Uh, it's hard hard to take mm -hmm. put that genie back in the bottle. Yeah. Uh, criminally, the the problem is is that it when kids are engaged in this behavior. Now, California law is similar to Oregon law, where kids aren't going to kids aren't getting arrested because they sent a picture. Mm -hmm. um, that's not really happening because the way we look at it is the 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 child who sent the the picture is technically the victim, even though they created mm -hmm. the image. They're they're a victim um, because they're the subject of child pornography. Mm -hmm. um, it's the person who's requesting and receiving that is committing the crime. Um, yep. Now that can get complicated because a question that always gets asked is, "What if I get one and I didn't ask for it?" Right? Like, what if someone yeah. just sends me something? Um, that that doesn't create a criminal act um and, and there we can talk through some of the ways to navigate something like that um yeah. and, and i think that's really important because the the majority of our athletes the majority of the people that we impact um are girls mm -hmm. just factually true um and i think we talked about this uh on the phone um one of the things that i always talk about I've given this class to probably over time about a thousand athletes I've given classes related yeah. to this um, and in that time I, I every every time we're talking about images and things like that I I ask the room and I go how many of you guys have received an unsolicited picture of someone else's private parts and I would say roughly 85 to 90 percent of the girls 
raise their hands. It's a large, very large percentage. Real quick. Yeah. 85 to 90. I'm going to say this again. You said when you teach this class and you teach it to, you know, high school uh, athletes, right? Yep. 85 to 95% of the girls in the class that they've received an unsolicited picture of male genitalia. Yes. Yeah. Now that's. And And we're assuming that statistics the same in Bakersfield. I would assume. I mean, it is somewhat yeah. anecdotal. I mean, it. Mm-hmm. I did take probability and statistics, so it's only my very small experience. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But that is that's my anecdotal experience, and it is it is consistent across the board. And I've given these, I've given this presentation in high schools. I actually give this presentation at a cheer camp that I run. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, again, you don't see it as much with the middle schools, but once you get into that high school range, yeah, it's it's across the board. It's very common, and. Most of those girls don't ever tell anyone. It's not like they like go to their parents and are like, oh my gosh, I got this. Uh, they, they block them and move on. Uh, the well, risk... Real quick, so what should parents do right now? Like hearing <laughs> that and going, statistically, that means my kid's done, you know, or has received that picture. Like what should they do? Like literally when they get off this, this call. Um, I, I think the most important thing is start the conversation. And one of your parents is uh, actually commenting that they teach in a middle school. Uh, Both said that they received a picture or had a a female and a male student receive an unsolicited text from another student um, with their private parts. So, yeah. um, And it is it is somewhat prevalent. They're saying it's kind of scary prevalent in Bakersfield and or in middle school. It's prevalent everywhere. So it's not just Mm -hmm. where you guys are. And middle school certainly is a risky time. Uh, cause we're in that puberty stage. So it, it depends. That's why I'm saying like late seventh, early eighth grade, we start to see it be pretty more common. And if you really think about it, when we're in middle school, that's when we make the worst decisions, right? Like mm-hmm. that's when we're <laughs> the dumbest. So, uh, having the, the, the thing to do right now is have that conversation and it's an awkward mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Um, but blame it on me. Hey, coach Jason had this guy, this weird bald guy on and he was saying that a bunch of girls have received unsolicited pictures of male privates has that ever happened to you like you won't get in trouble mm-hmm. i'm just curious um yeah and, and start start that conversation um yeah the the biggest thing though is if you open that conversation you have to like set that foundation of trust to start it out because Believe it or not, your kids are a lot more likely to raise their hand in a group of their peers in front of me who they know they can't get in trouble with than they are mm-hmm. to their parents. Because if you go, I need to know if you got an unsolicited picture, they're going to be like, no, because they don't want you to take their phone away. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> right? So you got to create that foundation. If you're going to open that conversation, you got to say, look, I I, I want to understand what's going on. So let's, I, I, there's no consequences uh, unless you've committed a significant crime, <laughs> yeah, uh, I want to make sure that I'm understanding and, and we're having a good conversation about this stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm going to go back to just us. Uh, so, so important. And when we're, t- when we're talking sexting, there's, we we're concerned about the side of our athletes being the ones sending a picture, right? That's what we're really worried mm-hmm. about. Uh, we don't want them sending a picture and we certainly don't want them getting unsolicited pictures. 
Mm -hmm. uh, the, the probability is high that they're going to get an unsolicited picture. If they have social media, if they have Instagram, um, Facebook Messenger, especially Snapchat, um, TikTok, any of those uh, social media apps, there is a high probability that that will happen at some point. Mm -hmm. So opening yep. that conversation and giving them the right things to do um, and how to respond to those things is is super important. So yeah, our, let's hear it. Our response to that that we want them to to do is number one, know that they can tell a tell an adult, uh, letting them know it's okay. Like if something like that does happen, I want you to tell me, and you won't be in trouble. And then we're gonna make sure that we block this person, we report this person, and depending on on the image that was sent, depending on some of the things that were were said, because generally a text accompanies them, um, and depending on who it is, right? You they might be able to say, oh, it's this is John. He's in eighth grade too. Okay. That might be something where you as a parent can reach out to John's parents and say, Hey, look, you need to know what John's mm -hmm. doing. Yeah. But if it is one of the, what I refer to as like the quid pro quo messages, which is I showed you mine now show me yours. And mm -hmm. especially if it's from someone who's significantly older, which does happen, that's something that we want to take to police. That's something we want to take to, to mm -hmm. law enforcement so we can investigate that and, arrest those people yeah for sure so that's that's so you really told it. Me one thing about um if if uh someone receives a picture they can't send it to someone else and yes. okay so so get into that because i don't know if i'll tell you i remember you telling me that you were sitting in a class and someone's like oh it looks like i've committed three felonies and didn't even realize it yes um so if you especially as an adult and this was me talking to a group of adults, um, and I'm not going to put too much context in it out of respect for this person's confidentiality because they were truly trying to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. um, essentially, it would be like you as an adult, uh, let's say your, your child brings you a picture, right? They say, so-and-so sent me this, this picture. Uh, and you go, oh my gosh, I can't believe that. Um, and this happens all the time. Not all the time, but... When I say things like all the time or always, that's not factual. It doesn't happen all the time. Yeah. This does happen time to time. Um, time to time, situations will come up where, let's say a girl on the team had sent a nude image out to a boy and that boy started sharing it. And it gets back to one of their teammates. Hey, isn't this one of your teammates? And it's the picture. And they show it to you as a parent. Oh my gosh, this is Sarah. I'm using the random name of Sarah. This is Sarah. And you go, oh no. And they, then you take that, don't send that picture anywhere. Don't send it to Jason. Don't send it to the girl's parents. Cause once you've, once you've sent it out, now you're committing a crime. You're mm -hmm. distributing child pornography. Um, yep. So people always ask, what do I do if I get something like that, especially as an adult? And the answer is stop and defer to law enforcement. Um, if you're an adult and you get a sexually explicit image of a child sent to your phone for any reason, stop and defer to law enforcement. Block whoever sent it to you and mm -hmm. call law enforcement. And then whatever they tell you to do, ask for the documented incident number or report number. Because if they say, mm -hmm. oh, just delete it, it's not a big deal, you want a record that you yeah, did the yeah, right yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. So... 
that is definitely something to to take into account. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, where do we go next? Well, so uh, sexting is a is a uh, is a, is a significant issue, and the reality is is that we have to, as adults, understand that kids when they're going through puberty, just like we all did, are sexually curious, um, and so having those conversations is really important. Where we see this get kids into trouble or even more trouble is uh, something that is called uh, sextortion. And sextortion is when someone uses a sexually explicit image that was sent. So maybe where we see this is potentially an ex or someone who gets a hold of someone else's nude images or images that they sent that they're embarrassed about. And then they use that to exploit them. So they use mm-hmm. it to say, hey, if you don't come over and if you don't send me more pictures, I'm going to put these out on the internet. Or if you don't yep. do something intimate with me, I'm going to put these out on the internet. Um, and Or I'm going to send these to your parents. And this has fallen in prevalency of how it initially started. It actually really, really started um, where people were hacking into laptops that were open or webcams. Mm-hmm. And they were screenshotting people changing in their yep. bedroom and doing those things mm-hmm. and then contacting them and exploiting money or other images. That is yeah. not as common uh, right now. We, we don't see that a lot. There was a lot of like scary stories out there. Um, but what we, what we do see is honestly uh, kids doing this to kids or young adults 18 to like 23 doing it to mm-hmm. high school age people. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's problematic. And again, the, the answers for these things, which when you're talking about your kids is conversations, right? If they already have their phone, they already have social media, having conversations and making sure they understand that you're a resource for them, uh, and Mm -hmm. building in those, those values, um, that are going to make them come to you if they're in that position. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so do you go ahead? Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. So do you think parents should, um, what do you think a parent's role as far as social media is concerned? Um, huge, huge. Now, there are two schools of thought. My school of thought is supervision. Uh, there are mm-hmm. schools of thought that are, you got to trust them and let them do their thing. Uh, I don't fully believe in that because they're teenagers and they make stupid decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the trust within reason. Mm-hmm. Um so a lot of the things that we're that we're discussing can be avoided uh, by your your kids should not have privacy on their phone. That's just my personal mm-hmm. opinion. Um, that that does avoid some of it. Now there are they can get all sneaky about it, but if they know you have their password or you have a linked family account where their pictures are any pictures they're taking are loading to a family account, so they mm-hmm. know mom's going to see this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. or dad's going to see this, uh, that's going to help. Uh, number two is, in my personal opinion, f- the these things take over way too much of our lives. And mm-hmm. creating good habits, like after 8 o'clock, we all put our phones in a basket downstairs, and they all get plugged in, and they stay downstairs. Or they go into mom and dad's room and are turned in at the end of the night. Uh, mm-hmm. Your kids don't need their their cell phone in their bedroom. 
Mm-hmm. Right. That, that's where they're potentially getting in in trouble. Right. In their bedroom, yeah. in the bathroom. Like we don't see a lot of kids taking naked pictures in their living room. <laughs> True. Right. Um, that's that's not super common. So if you can uh, help eliminate some of those risks and take mm-hmm. away the opportunity, you're going to be helping them out. Um, and, and teaching them good habits and realistically for you as a parent, it might be good for you to check your phone in at nine o'clock, mm-hmm. you know, and just get away from it, get away from that, yeah. that social media. Um, you know, we were talking on the way home and you were like, Hey, I added you to the group. I was like, yeah, I don't have Facebook on my phone cause I took it off cause it, yeah, 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 for it sure. was like not healthy for me. I was on it yeah. too much. And, um, anyways, I don't want to digress too far, but really think of that. Um, you know, building in those good habits. And this is, we want to teach our kids good habits, right? Like you can limit, you can take away all technology. My kids, my oldest is 11. He doesn't have a phone yet. And he asks when he's going to get one. And people have asked me, when am I going to do that? I'm going to probably start to introduce them having some sort of a device in, I would say seventh grade uh, with some very, very, very strict expectations. And then little flip phone. Yeah. I mean, they currently have like a kid's phone that stays at the house that doesn't have any apps on it. Yeah. But I want to, just like I would teach him to drive, I want to teach him how to use technology well, right? And responsibly. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to be perfect. Just like kids, when they learn to drive, they end up ding it, you know, hitting their, crashing their car into something. Um, They're going to make mistakes, but we want to be there to intervene before those mistakes are serious. And, I, I have 110% arrested 16-year-old boys for committing what we have as Measure 11 uh, felonies, which they can get charged as an adult, mm-hmm. right? Like Yeah, crazy. And, and that's a 16-year-old boy just yeah, yeah. being dumb. I mean, now granted, very unethical, immoral behavior, but that's not something we want. We want to help our kids avoid those yeah, issues. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you have some parents getting on saying, you know, no social media, no Snapchat until older for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk apps for a second. Let's let's talk let's about some it. of the apps that are out there. Um, so there are so many apps that uh, I mean, you guys get on the app store. We're, we're a little bit more knowledgeable about this. When I first started teaching on this stuff seven years ago, parents were like, there's what? Um, yeah. So the apps that we think of the most common Twitter, um, which kids are not on as much anymore but twitter is like mm-hmm. let, let's be honest for a second twitter is a really bad space i would not mm-hmm. let my kids have twitter um yeah for a couple reasons one that's where all the like really nastiness is going down is on twitter mm-hmm. two is twitter has very interesting rules uh, most mm-hmm. parents don't know but uh there are dozens upon dozens of porno twitter handles and you can mm-hmm. view hardcore porn on Twitter. It's only hmm. a 10 to 15 seconds, but it's, yeah. and you don't need a password. You don't have to get on the internet. So even your like web blockers and things like that, if you have those at home, you can't, you can't stop those things from being seen. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. One of your parents, and I can't see all their names said they can't, uh, can't say how many kiddos have apps and parents have no idea. They tell me not to not my kid because they don't have a phone. My students share phones. Yep. Uh, all it takes is sign out, let your friend sign in with their info. So uh, whoever your mom yep. is or dad that's listening in right now um, is very in the know. 
Um, yeah. we actually, we actually talked about that on our phone call. I was like, if you take your kid's phone away, that doesn't mean anything. Um, mm-hmm. that mean, I mean, there are kids that will loan out old phones. Um, they'll borrow phones at school. There's definitely a lot of access. So, uh, it's, again, it's creating the value system, right? Helping mm-hmm. teach them the good morals and values and holding them accountable when they make mistakes. But just, if you think my kid doesn't have it, if you didn't know on if if they have an iPhone, which most people do, you can go to the app store and you can see what apps they've downloaded, mm-hmm. right? And so if they go, oh, mom, I don't have Snapchat because it's never on their phone, that might mean that they just delete Snapchat before they come home. And this is and this is so true. We have a mom in our program told me their daughter was doing that. Said the brother was like, yeah, she just delete like she has it. Just go to her recent downloads. And, you know, I, apparently she was, you know, leaving the leaving the house, downloading Snapchat. And right when she got to her house, you know, after school was deleting it. Mom yep. had no idea. Yep. So, so that's true. I mean, it happened in our program. Yeah, it's it's not super uncommon. Um, I love I love kids, obviously, but they're a little bit like criminals. They all like share information. Right. This is how yeah, you sure. and, and we all did it when we were kids, too. Right. Like this is how you get around your parents rules. Yeah. Um, they, they, they all share that information, <laughs> those workarounds. Um, and I love it. It was, uh, Andrea and Max who were chiming in, I guess, a teacher and a police officer in your program. Mm -hmm. So they were joking about how their child is, uh, stuck. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, so yeah, so we've got, we've got Twitter. I, I hate Twitter. I think it's just, it's just bad news. It's a lot of negativity. Uh, yeah, you can get information from it, but I just don't love it. Um, then there's Instagram. Now, with Instagram, what you want to do, and and this isn't perfect, but it it's helpful. If your athletes or if your kiddos have Instagram, one, it's not, it doesn't have as many catchphrases. But back in the day, it was called like Sinsta and Finsta, and Sinsta was like your secret Instagram. So they have their like public facing page, and then their private one, and their private one that was yep. password protected was where they would post all their bad stuff, all their mm-hmm. booty pics and uh, things yep. like that, and those were the uh, the profiles that would get a lot of the negative attention. Mm -hmm. Um, that's another thing we want to be doing with social is teaching our kids what, what they should be posting because they don't have a lot of good role models. Um, you know, this is the kind of attention we want. Um, you know, Hey, maybe that super sexualized photo of you in your, your Nike pros and sports bra is not the best mm-hmm. thing to post on Instagram. Yes, you yeah. think it's cute, but the question is, is who are the people that are looking at it and what's that mm-hmm. forward-facing yeah. image? It's what you're going to attract. So what to And do real in, quick on yeah. Instagram. Yeah. I, I, I said this to our parents a couple of years ago, but just it's been a while since I've said this. Virtually every athlete I know that has Instagram has a second Instagram. Yes. It's hard for me to even know that any athlete only has the one. Every athlete I know who has an Instagram, virtually all of them have a second Instagram where they post. And I remember telling our parents this. Um, I didn't let my mom – when I was in college, that's when MySpace was out, right? And so we all yep. had our MySpace. And Facebook was still just for uh, college students. And eventually it opened up for you know the world. And yep. my mom got a Facebook, and I did not accept her on Facebook. I said, you can look at my MySpace and my MySpace, you can look at it. And I kept that clean, squeaky clean. But my Facebook was like my Facebook where I wanted to live out my college life. Right. Right. Uh, So I know that the kids do the exact same thing with their 
dual their, Instagram. Yeah, and dual and triple and yeah, and quadruple. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. So there's ways to look at, and it's not always perfect, but you can look and uh, if you don't know how to switch accounts on Instagram, we know because we're gym owners, right? So we have our mm-hmm. personal Instagram and then we have yep. our gym Instagram and they're all linked. So we know how to do it really easy. But if you go to the profile and you click on the profile name, you can see if they have any accounts that they quickly log into and switch. So if you're mm-hmm. on your kid's phone, that's something to look for. That doesn't mean they don't have another one because you certainly can not link it. Um, but it's definitely something to check for and be aware yep. of um, because kids aren't always great at keeping secrets. Um, if they're that good, there's other concerning bit, things we need to worry about in terms of the moral compass and, and decision-making yeah, process. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the other things I really like Instagram and Twitter for for parents' education is look at who your kids are following and friends with and what it is that they're putting out in the universe. Oftentimes, that'll tell you what your your kids are being influenced by, right? And that's what we want to know is who's influencing my kid's thought process because we know at a certain stage, especially like 12, 13, 14, that they're not listening to you as parents as much as we would like. Um, Mm -hmm. They're listening to other people that are cool, which is why you guys are lucky you have Jason and all of his great staff because they think they're really cool. And so you have great people influencing your kids just by being in a program like Americans. So you're already ahead of the game there. Um. So keeping it going, Snapchat, we know, we all know about Snapchat. Me, I don't have one because um, I think that it's the worst. It's just so dangerous and scary. I don't have a Snapchat. Sure. Um, but Snapchat is obviously concerning. I probably would. I don't want my kids to have Snapchat. I will do my best to make them not have Snapchat. I just don't think that any app that is foundationally based on your conversations and images and things disappearing um, is good. Mm-hmm. Anything, yeah, sure. anything you're going to say, you should be willing to stand behind. Um, so just things that are designed to just delete and disappear. I just don't like it. Um, yeah. And, and it leaves, it leaves too much opportunity for mistakes. Um, because you think it's going to go away and it just, it doesn't, it doesn't go mm-hmm. away. There's all sorts of ways to retain stuff. So, um, and I don't want to go into those cause that's not healthy. If you don't have Snapchat and you don't know, there are also like, in Snapchat, there's a for my eyes only section where you can password protect and save certain photos over there. So um, those are all things to, if you're looking at your kid's phone, you're looking at their apps, look at that. Do they have a for my eyes only? Is it set up? Okay, what's the password? Let's see what's in there. Um, most kids save all their pictures and videos in Snapchat. Like they have it automatically set to save whatever they mm-hmm. take. Um, yep. So you can go back and look at that. Um, I'm always amazed at how many kids like will be like, hey, Dan, film this tumbling pass for me. And then they hand me their phone and it's on Snapchat. And I'm like, why is it on Snapchat? Yeah. <laughs> I always wonder that too. I'm like, yeah, yeah, same thing. I'm like, Snapchat? All right. That's where kids save. <laughs> That's where they, they save it. And I'm like, you know, it's really stupid to give me your Snapchat, right? Because I'm, yeah. I'm curious by nature. <laughs> so I'm going to be like, what are you doing? Um, yeah. They don't do that anymore. <laughs> so Snapchat, my recommendation is avoid it. Um, if you can't, again, just those conversations are, are the critical piece, making sure mm-hmm. and, and the lack of privacy. And I know it sucks to be like, well, you have no privacy and there comes a point where you're going to have to give it to them. Um, but would, if you wouldn't let your child take someone of the opposite gender or whatever their interest is right into their bedroom and close the door, then why would you give them privacy on their phone? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like, 
we would be like, heck no, you can't have your boyfriend up to your bedroom. Uh, absolutely yeah. not. Because we know bad things can, <laughs> things that we don't want to happen sure. can happen. Well, same mm-hmm. thing with the phone if they have just outright privacy. Um, <clears throat> Facebook, not even really worth talking about with kids because if they have a Facebook, it's kind of like what you were talking about with MySpace. They know grandma and mom and everyone else is on mm-hmm. it. Oh, my camera died. Hold on. I'm going to switch. No, you're good. And there we go. Uh, all right. Adjusting. I was using my nice camera and <laughs> then it went south on me. And I need to adjust my screen. All right. We're back, I think. Now we're good. All right. Yeah, sorry about that. I... Try to go high tech sometimes and it backfires. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So uh, Facebook, kids really don't have it. Uh, YouTube is another huge one to just be aware of. Um, and this is like what is what are who's influencing your kids? Um, yeah. I know a lot of parents, especially now, let's talk younger age kiddos. My kids are young. They love YouTube. And they'll be on at first. We were like, oh, just make sure they're on kids tube. Nope. Uh, there's all sorts mm-hmm. of stuff on kids tube that shouldn't be on kids tube. Um, really the only way to be on top of that is again, just have rules and check on those rules, right? Mm-hmm. Just creating a rule isn't going to work because we all were kids once and we can remember, okay, mom said I can only have one cookie. I'm sneaking another one, yeah. right? So they're going to, they're going to push those boundaries. That's a part of becoming your own person. So you got to check those rules and make sure that they're, they're following them. I'm looking at the wrong camera. Um, so YouTube is great, but just be aware of what they're watching. Uh, if you guys don't know about WhatsApp, WhatsApp is something that exists that allows you to send text messages, uh, and you can make phone calls. It's all free. Um, this, the reason WhatsApp is important is a lot of times parents will think I'm going to, I'm going to be smart. I'm not going to get my kids a phone because I know that phones are dangerous. So I'm going to give them an iPod or an mm-hmm. iPad. Same thing. It's yep. the same thing. And I think most people know that now. Um, it's less common that we find people who don't know that those are problematic. But uh, back a while ago, they were like, oh, I gave my kid an iPod Touch. Yeah, it's it's an iPhone without cellular yeah. service. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. So you can do just about everything with, a, with an Apple, uh, with any Apple product. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really, you know, I, I knew that, but I didn't actually think about that until just now that yeah, if you give them an iPod, which I was like, oh yeah, it makes I could see why a parent would say that. Yep. But yeah, once you download WhatsApp, you know, you have all the freedoms of a phone. You yep. know, as long as you're at your house or, you know, somewhere with Wi Fi. Yeah. And everywhere has Wi Fi. Yeah. Kids I if you if you travel with kids, you will know and you I know you have, but um if you go to places where they like really don't know, they're like crack addicts for Wi-Fi. <laughs> like they're like, where's, where's the Wi-Fi? Where's the Wi-Fi? What's the password? I mean, it is, it's crazy. They, they know, they don't care about a 5G. They don't care. They want to know yeah. what the Wi-Fi is, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which is always fun. The camp that we run is out in the boonies out in the woods and there's no cell reception. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so they, they have to go like through a withdrawal, like, like addicts we just nope there's no purge yeah there's nothing 
Um, some of the other ones to just be aware of that are out there, um, and they, some of them are a little bit old, not around as much. There are things, I don't know if you guys remember Omegle or Chat Roulette. Um, those are still around, and what they are is um, they're not super popular anymore with kids, but it allows you to FaceTime, essentially, mm-hmm. with a stranger. So it's just connect me with whatever. And when you, it's gotten a little bit better, but they're with like, oh, just a random person shows up on the other end and you start yep. talking to them. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, it stopped being very popular with kids because they would have 90%, not 90%. A lot of the time they were getting going there and there was some old semi-naked dude yeah. that's like, yeah, Hi. for sure. Um, <laughs> so they kind of learned, they were like, this is <laughs> creepy. I don't like this. Um, an, one that is growing in popularity is an app called Discord. And mm-hmm. Discord is created for gamers. Um, that's why mm-hmm. it was initially created. And And Discord is kind of kind of cool in some ways where it, it's kind of like Twitter where you can – there's like uh, stream of consciousness posting. But then you can mm-hmm. also audio connect and do like voice chat um it, there there's a lot of capabilities to it you can post pictures and memes and all this different stuff um and discord is actually one of the more concerning ones from a law enforcement perspective we're seeing a lot of the adult to child interaction going on on discord um because it's not super uh policed i guess would be a, a way to say it um a lot of parents don't know about it uh it also allows them to connect with kids because they're playing online games and they're mm-hmm. they're chatting in these online games and they're doing voice chat and they start out very innocently like hey we're going to play call of duty or we're going to play this game and we're going to chat and talk during the game mm-hmm. well now they're connected on discord and then that conversation precipitates and keeps going and going evolves, and then, yeah yep and then it turns into requesting of images and meeting up and those kind of things um sometimes very very quickly um and mm-hmm. sometimes just a grooming situation over a long period of time and so discord is one that i'm really worried about um back when i was in the schools uh that the version of that was called kick and literally mm-hmm. anytime anyone was on kick i was like this is bad news bears uh because yeah. it was always adults talking to kids um and that is certainly something to be concerned about now i think that if you have have good um good foundations in place in terms of what the expectations are in your family in your house what your rules are you can head a lot of that off at the pass um, but if you don't and you just have kind of carte blanche freedom, that's where, uh, those situations can get really problematic and put your kids in a risky situation. Yeah. Um, and then from there, TikTok. Uh, I should have talked about TikTok earlier. Uh, I hate TikTok. Um, not because it's the worst thing ever, but TikTok does have the ability to, um, you know, you can message people, you can do a ton of things on TikTok. It's not just about, um, it's not just about the videos, right? Like it's not mm-hmm. just about yeah. lip syncing. Um, and then on top of that, uh, it's another, it's another app that attracts a lot of attention that we don't want our kids to be attracting. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, one of your parents is agreeing on the Discord. It's it is, it's bad. Um, yeah, but with TikTok, you know, we have these athletes, these young ladies, and even and young men, um, lip syncing lyrics that, uh, yeah, you for know, sure, make anybody blush. Uh, yeah, we, we don't necessarily. So when you have your your kid dancing and lip syncing to a verse from WAP. Mm-hmm. Yep. What is, again, what's that forward facing image? What's that attracting? It's attracting an energy that you don't want. Um, mm-hmm. And that's where you start to see more kind of creepy adults, um, older, older people starting to engage because they're like this, this kid is putting something out there that, Mm-hmm. They want attention, and the reality is, is that those those kind of criminals, sexual predators, they are looking for people who um, look like they want attention. Yep. Right. Like they're, yeah. they're going for the e- what they view as an easier target. So a lot of times, I've actually talked to parents who've said, you know, my my kid's not beautiful like they're they're not like a do themselves up all the time they're mm-hmm. they're just kind of a frumpy kid i don't have to worry about that with them mm-hmm. that that's not the case at all um they're looking for people who are putting out there that they want attention for their sexuality because yep. then they'll give them that so that that then becomes problematic for sure all right, so let's see. I don't even know what we do. <laughs> I'm trying. I, I know we keep on saying having the conversation, but I'm just trying to think of what our parents practically do. So, should well, real quick, what do you do? What do you personally do in your gym when you see something that you're like, I wouldn't want my daughter posting that? Do you do anything kind of about it? Or yes. Okay. So yeah. So, um, I go, I generally go direct with the, the athlete first. Um, Mm -hmm. so if I, and most of the time to be fair, I'm, I'm not the best social media. -er. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm on it, but I don't, I just don't get on it regularly enough. Um, so a lot of times things will get sent to me, you know, Mm -hmm. Hey, did you see so-and-so posted this picture that is not really what we want? And I'll go direct with the athlete, and mm-hmm. depending on the conversation on on the picture and the context, um, I mean, I, I generally say, look, this needs to come down because every yeah. single athlete in my program, at least not every single, but ninety nine percent of them represent themselves as you know ODT, and then mm-hmm. their name yep. or they I cheer at ODT, I'm on this team, mm-hmm. so I'm like, now you represent the gym, you represent your teammates, you represent all of us, so I'm gonna have a little bit of in input on what you're putting out there. Yep. Um, because it there represents all of us. And I actually, I, I had a girl quit, um, not mm-hmm. return to my world's team because I was too involved in what she was putting out there. But she was, yeah. she was posting pictures that looked like they should be on the front of a Playboy magazine and yeah, yeah, yeah. TikToks that were not appropriate. And I, you know, she didn't like my rules. And so she ended up not cheering again. Um, yeah. Which is too bad. That's not what I want. But yeah, I definitely, I definitely head it off. Um, that's that's an important aspect. So, 
Uh, you, we did have a question. What do you advise your athletes to do if one of their own teammates is posting inappropriate things? Um, so for my athletes, what I advise them to do is they have, they have two recourses. One would be to talk to the athlete, right? They, they can, we can help hold each other accountable just because they're peers. Doesn't mean they can't reach out and say, Hey, I love you. You shouldn't be posting stuff like that. It's going to get you in trouble. Um, you know, you should probably take that down. And if they don't, or if you don't feel like they're going to be receptive, I do want my athletes coming to me. Um, I just make sure they understand that if there is anything that shows any sort of, uh, nudity that I do not want it sent to me ever in a million years, mm-hmm. uh, they can just tell me that it's happening. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't want those things sent, but otherwise I definitely have gotten plenty of the, you know, kids flipping off the camera or kids, mm-hmm. uh, doing other things. And that's, that's another thing we don't talk about a lot when we talk about risks of social media. And I mentioned to you earlier today, but one of the aspects we want to consider is that it's not just criminal behavior. It's also, mm-hmm. there is an aspect of it of reputation and brand building because really mm-hmm. all of us are building a brand now. We all... Mm-hmm comparatively to 20 years ago, we're all pseudo celebrities um, and we're, we're publicizing everything going on in our life and colleges and jobs and uh, other things will do a deep dive into your social media. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're seeing it play out in real time. We're seeing people get canceled, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. losing jobs because of things they posted 15 years ago that were, were not nice things to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and so educating your kids on how, again, this is stuff to put on social media. I, I always tell my athletes, follow me, follow my social media. Mm-hmm. It's a little boring, but <laughs> it should be right. Like I post, mine. <laughs> I'm the only things I ever talk about on Facebook is like, I love my athletes. I love my parents. I'm posting cheer stuff. I will sometimes post stuff on my kids, but even then I, I don't really want to post a bunch of stuff of my, my children on the internet cause I'm a cop. Mm-hmm. So I, I, there are risks there, but, uh, you know, it's just, it's positivity. Yep. Why would I put anything else out into the universe? Like it doesn't, for sure. It doesn't reciprocate positivity. Um, so that's, you know, be good role models for your kids and, uh, I've, I've had, I've had this conversation with parents who've been like, Oh my gosh, so-and-so is bullying so-and-so on the internet. And I go, well, have you looked at your social media, right? Like mm-hmm. your Facebook is F this person and F the president and F that guy. And they're horrible. And I hope they like, Whoa, slow your roll. Like, yeah, it, you, we want to set a good example for our kiddos. Right. And we want to do that on social media too, because otherwise they're going to fall, they're going to do and model the Kim Kardashian. They're going to model the, mm-hmm. the celebrities that get attention for doing things that we don't want our kids to get attention for. Yeah, for sure. Um, not to backtrack, but one of the things I want, I did want to make sure we talk about is, uh, hidden, hidden apps, ghost apps. Um, mm-hmm. if your child has more than one calculator on their phone, and it's not a like hardcore graphing calculator that they had to pay money for. It's not mm. a calculator. Crazy. Um, I mean, it'll, blew, this is crazy. Yeah, it'll it'll do calculations, but there's a lot of uh, apps that are designed for f- hiding files, mm-hmm. and they they pose as uh, calculators or um, other 
other services. Um, so yeah. calculators is one of the most common ones because if you enter the right number, that's your password and it gets you into the files. But otherwise gotcha. it will do basic arithmetic. Um, mm -hmm. Your kids don't need more than one calculator. And if they're like, oh, I, yeah. I just like this one better. Okay, well delete it because you don't need it. <laughs> your yeah. phone comes with a calculator. Dude, this is crazy. I'm, 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 you know, there's, at one point, you know, you're young and you know all of the, the technological advance, you know, you know everything yep. about technology, you know, and I feel myself getting older and I'm like, man, I'm losing, you know, I don't know everything that I used to know. Like I need right. to talk to younger people to figure these things out. And uh, it's crazy. I'm scared for when Joey is a teenager and just knows infinitely more than I do about technology, you know, and hi oh, yeah, you hide it like this. You know, you see all those jokes about parents saying, hey, I found your USB. Your I found your USB. And, you know, it's a, you know, a vape pen or whatever, you know. And so it's, just, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, we're we're always behind the times. Um, yeah. As we get older, we, we just become more behind the times. And that's that's a part of it. So all we can do is educate ourselves and, and learn. Um, the problem with technology is it's just advancing so fast that it's really hard mm -hmm. to keep up with. Um, and again, that's why the, the core comes back to early conversations, creating those foundations of morals, expectations, um, and behavior. And you will see that play out, uh, hopefully yeah. better. Um, now, what most people don't know is around the age of like 13 to 16, our brains like rewire. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's a period of time, like when you ask a kid and you're like, why did you do that boneheaded thing that you know you're not allowed to do? And they're like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't They, know. they yeah. literally don't know. They just were like, I impulsively did that. And I don't know. I do know better but I did it anyways. Um, mm -hmm. and, and their, their neuro pathways are actually reforming. So it's, it's really quite fascinating. And I am not a neuroscientist, but, um, again, the more of a foundation we can lay for our, our kiddos, the stronger they're going to be in terms of behavior. Yeah. Um, a couple other things just to touch on. Um, some of them we've already talked about, um, social based, uh, games. This is mm -hmm. I, actually, this is for your younger kids. So there are all sorts of um, apps out there that allow like avatar style social games where they interact and chat with other people. Mm -hmm. um, and they can seem very, very benign and not problematic to start with. But the problem is, is that if you are thinking like a bad guy, right? You're thinking like someone who wants to talk to younger kids. Where do you go? You go to social-based games where you know mm -hmm. you can talk to younger kids freely. Yep. Um, and so I, my personal recommendation. What's that new game out right now? Um, I, there's a parent in the group chat who 100% knows it. There's a new game out, and they say you look sus. You're trying to figure out who the who the bad the murder guy is. is. Yeah. Yeah, the murder mystery game. Oh, is it the murder? I don't know. It's something, and they. Yeah, I, I don't know. You look sus. I don't know. Someone knows in the in the chat. Yes, I, I haven't. I haven't played it. My kids have actually played it, um, but yeah. I, I I'm pretty restrictive. Among Us. Yep. Parent. Just Among Us. Boom. There we go. Yep. Um, and yeah, one of the parents was chiming in also that the sometimes teenagers truly don't know. That's what brain research shows. Um, yeah, Among Us. So Among Us. Now I'm not saying you can't. Your kids can't play Among Us, and they can be. But set the rules of like you can play this with people you know. Um, mm -hmm. or 
like I haven't played it, so I can't really tell you, but those games can become problematic, um, especially if they're just out there and they're just hopping on and they're talking with random people. And if, if they're, again, I haven't played Among Us, so if there's private ability to private chat, private message, again, mm-hmm. problematic. Um, what we want to, what we don't want to do is allow access to our kids from people we don't know. Yep. Right. You wouldn't let some random stranger walk up to your child and just start talking to them. Uh, mm-hmm. But when we give them a device and we allow them to do those things where we are essentially doing that. Um, yep, exactly. And I think I told you one of the, or on our phone call, one of the more alarming cases I had was an 11 year old girl that was on an mm-hmm. app like this. And she re- her parents reached out. They found these sexual messages with 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 a guy who said i'm 23 years old Mm -hmm. and uh you know i took over and posed as this girl and started talking to him and it was within like five messages that i sent him that he sent me a sexually explicit message yeah um and i mean like an image uh and this is it is problematic because we're we're opening up access to our kids so Mm -hmm. For me personally, that's why my my younger kids don't have phones. Now, yep. you may be in you may be that parent who's like, "Crap. I already gave my kid an iPhone 11 for Christmas, and mm-hmm. God knows if I take it away, that will be <laughs> death in my household." <laughs> um there there are some apps and I'll talk about a couple of them that restrict ability to download applications. They're they're kind of parent monitoring apps. Mm-hmm. Um and they actually work pretty well, especially for the younger kiddos, because they don't yeah. know enough yet to backdoor all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that those are things that you can do. Um, we already talked about cell phone, like sharing cell phones. Um, that was one something I wanted to make sure I touched on. Um, and real quick, with those social, yeah. I forgot the exact name you said, but the social gaming apps, uh-huh. don't let your kids add people or play with people they don't know. Right, they should they should just be playing with their friends, like people they actually know from school or from yes. here, whatever the case yeah. may be. All right. Yeah. And I would say the same thing if they have social media, you know, having the rule of unless you know exactly who this person is, don't it don't mm-hmm. accept them. Um because I mean, I just would rather it would be better for them to know who it is who is engaging with them. Mm-hmm. For sure. You know, I let my my son loves to play video games. My middle son loves them. And he plays PlayStation and I have it set up so he can't voice chat. There's no messaging mm-hmm. or chatting allowed because I don't want him to talk to those people. Not because yeah. they're all bad, but in fact, they're probably mostly good people, but mm-hmm. I don't want him to talk to that one bad person. And yeah, he, for and sure. Not that it's necessarily going to turn dirty, but they might curse him out because he doesn't make the right play. Um, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm just trying to avoid those things. He's, 10 you know he doesn't need that um, we all played video games without being inter- interact with the other person on the other end yes exactly <laughs> um so one of the things that is often talked about is when do you start talking to your child about this and it's essentially ideally before but once you've given your child a phone you should be talking to them because once you've done that you've essentially invited a stranger into your child into your house mm-hmm. right yep. um and this is even more challenging because with COVID, all of our kids got devices. Mm-hmm. Like my kids didn't have computers. Now they each have their own individual 
Google Chromebook and it yeah. drives me nuts because they they have their own. It's now so much harder. I'm trying to monitor. Are you on YouTube? Are you on this? And it doesn't have all the capabilities of social media. But again, we oftentimes focus on social media. The internet itself is the wild, wild west um, mm-hmm. of it may not be as much stranger interaction, but the things that they can access and view um, is a huge problem. 100%. Um, and that's if you have a young boy um, having conversations about pornography early on and what is what is okay and and what is right is is important um because the the pornography the studies on pornography addiction are kind of alarming um Mm -hmm. in how quickly it can happen especially introduced at two at a really young age um to the point that there is even concern and i don't know all the studies but like some people are just going i prefer porn i don't need real human interaction. I don't want to mm-hmm. date. I just, I have pornography. I don't need anything yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, so, ugh. Uh, so having those conversations pre-puberty, pre-access to those things, because once they have access to the internet, they have access to, yeah. to that stuff. Everything. Yeah, for sure. Yep. <laughs> uh, there is uh, way too many free sites out there and uh, so many different things. I mean, and this is where you can get some apps. You can get monitoring software, which is great um, and can certainly help. Another solution to that, which is harder, um, but don't allow computers and things like that in non-open areas, non-family yeah. areas, right? Kids mm-hmm. don't take computers to their rooms. Um yeah, so uh, one of your parents suggested use something like GoGuardian to monitor what is being done on Chromebooks, laptops. We use teachers. Yeah, there are there are a lot of really good apps out there uh, and and things you can download onto laptops and phones that will mm-hmm. help you monitor. those. There are a lot of those um, that are really good. Um, yeah. I'm not, I don't work for any of them, so I, I can't really recommend one over the other. Um, but there's there's a number. Go Guardian is a great one. Uh, McAfee makes some good stuff. There's a variety mm-hmm. of different um, applications. Uh, so we've we've talked about some of these things, but just going back over, kind of as review, some what can you do? Like, what are things that you as a parent can do? One, require your kids to give you their passwords, and if they don't do that, then that's a problem. Um, mm-hmm no phone after 9 p.m., right? Or whatever that time you set, but no phone after a certain time. Uh, No electronics outside your main living areas. Uh, Check their phone and let them know it's not private and you're going to check it. Having the passwords is not enough of a deterrent. If you don't ever check the phone, they're going to be like, Mm -hmm. they don't check it. Um, You can contact your uh, wireless provider too. Sometimes like uh, Verizon I know has various apps to track what's going on on the phones. Um, any device that has access to Wi-Fi can access social media. You also can, I'm not going to walk through the process, but you can YouTube. You can set your modem to turn off at a certain time. Mm. Right? You can make it so your modem doesn't work and they can't get yeah. on the internet. So there there are things that you can set up to just kind of deny access. Where we see a lot yeah. of bad things happening is in the evenings. Right, they're staying up. They're not supervised. That's when they're making those bad decisions. Um, And those would be my my big recommendations. Um, And then obviously the conversation. Right, talk, talk, open communication, because you want to build trust and communication 
with your kids, especially as they get older. That's the biggest thing. We want them to know that they're supported and they can trust you and they can talk to you because For if they're sure. making decisions on an island, they're a lot more likely to make bad ones. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Um, well, well, so anything else? Let's see. Uh, Parents, put your last questions in the in the chat. Make sure we cover everything. Yes. Um, there, I can throw it in the comments before I I bounce out. There are a couple uh, websites that they can go to. Um, there's like NetSmarts, uh, KidSmarts.org, um, StopBullying.gov, CommonSenseMedia.org. Um, and then there's a really interesting book called uh, The Cyber Effect. If you're mm-hmm. interested in this stuff and uh, it talks about how interaction with, with cyber technology can actually change behavior in a, in a bad way. Yeah. Um, and uh, just some of some more risks. It can be a, it, if you're prone to alarmism, I wouldn't recommend reading it. Like if, if this conversation mm-hmm. is making you feel like, oh my gosh, I want to crawl in a hole, <laughs> uh, then don't read that book. Um, but there are uh, a lot of really good points in there. So the end of the day is it, it, it takes a village, right? Like it's not mm-hmm. easy to raise our kids by ourselves. We need everyone plugged in. We need you as parents plugged in, us as coaches plugged in because we, I, I don't know about you. I monitor my kids' social media. I, I do follow uh, via the gym. I do follow kids' Instagrams and things like that because I check. I want to see what they're yeah. posting on their story. I want to see what they're up to. Um, I don't do it on Snapchat because I, I'm just not, not worth the risk to me. Um, that's why it takes a village, takes partnership there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's, there's, there's so much to it, but if we're all educating ourselves and growing and learning and getting better at it, um, we're going to help be able to mitigate and intervene. Uh, what age should your kid get a phone with our kids being in cheer and all day competitions? I see the need for a phone sooner than later. Great conversation. Um, yeah. So what age for, again? So for me, dedicated phone, I'm thinking more like seventh grade time frame for my kids. Um, now you could, and I don't know how many kids you have, uh, but you could get like, we have a family phone. Um, that is like, we call it the kid's phone. It stays at the house, but you could take it to a cheer competition and they could have it that day. And it's something that you have all the passwords to, and you can make sure you monitor the apps. But, and we get it like ours is just a track phone. Like it's one of the, mm-hmm. the cheap, you can get them at seven 11 style yeah. phones. Um, like it's a legit, a phone. Yeah. yeah it's not a computer. It's, it's a phone. Um, but they have access to it. It has some numbers stored in it and, they get on like on a competition day, we bring it and we give it to them and they, they have it. Um, so if we need to reach them, we can, uh, it allows me when I'm running out of the house to go get groceries. Hey, they have a phone there. If they need, if there's an emergency, mm-hmm. if they're going for a bike ride altogether, I'll be like, Hey, take the kid phone just so I can mm-hmm. get in touch with you. Um, they're not, it doesn't have all the bells and whistles, but I can still reach them and, and be like, Hey, it's dinner time. Get home. Um, yeah. you know, um, any other questions? We've been going for an hour and a half, almost. There we go. Good <laughs> stuff. Um, well, I thank you for letting me come and talk to your parents. Uh, it is always a pleasure. I wish I could 
be doing this stuff full time because it is that important uh, that we are For educating sure. ourselves and learning about it. Dan, I really, I, from the bottom, you know, when we talked that first day, I was like, I have to get you on with the parents. I'm, I'm so glad that we got on to really talk about these things. And I truly hope that any parent listening has learned at least one thing today that they can, you know, do to help make their, their kids safer, you know, and just yep. keep them out of trouble and out of harm's way. So yep. I, pre- you're the man. I appreciate it. Well, thank you. Actually, technically your title is the man, the myth, the legend. So <laughs> you're the man. Um, you're the Dan. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you everyone. It was a pleasure uh, hanging out with you and I look forward to seeing you guys at some competitions. Hopefully once we're back to life. Yeah. It's a normal, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care. I'm going to end the live feed and I'll post uh, the links to some of those websites uh, as soon as we're done. And then Jason will boot me off your page because I'm not yeah. really a truly <laughs> an American family yet. Um, all right. Yeah. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Au revoir. Thanks for listening. If you'd like more information about Dream Camps or any of our guests, contact us at info at OregonDreamCamps.com. 